Hello, this is Matt Marone, the worship pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, February 11th, 2024. Hey, everyone. I'm John Vanderbilt, the lead pastor at Glen Ellen Bible Church. Hi, I'm Simone Halpin, the co-founder and executive director of Naomi's House. And I'm Kelly Brady. I serve as senior pastor. Thanks for tuning in today to the Next Level Podcast. Good morning. It's a special morning. A very special morning. This is episode number 300. It's a lot of podcasts. What do you think? 300. It is a lot of podcasts. I wonder how many uh, listeners we have. How we, could we get a tally? Beyond my mom. Who else is listening? It's about six more. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry listens. My wife listens faithfully. I have not looked in a long time. Okay. It's several hundred. Yeah, it has been for, for a while. John, this was your brainchild. And it's proven to be a huge win for uh, spiritual growth. So thank you for that. And hey. Simone, thanks for your involvement. Aww, I'm glad yeah. to be here. Yeah. I love the feedback people share about things that they hear or, like you said, had insight on yeah. after listening. I think it's exciting. Yeah. Speaking of huge win, <laughs> <laughs> just looking for the end there. Simone, appreciate the text. Yeah, appreciate yeah. The text. Like, I'll celebrate <laughs> alongside you. <clears throat> I didn't just, have a dog in the fight, so wait, it was interesting. Did Taylor Swift win last night? The Taylor Swift won. <laughs> oh, gosh. They're going to break up after the anger he showed to Did an elderly see? man. He was off his he was hinge. Off he, his hinge. Yes. All, all night long. That was, that was interesting. Can you... <laughs> He was wound up. <laughs> he was going to hurt someone. <laughs> Even if it was know. an old man who had bad hips. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear Andy Reid say that after in the interview? Well, he just caught me uh, off balance. Yeah, off balance. He said he loved it. Right. He loves the passion. <laughs> he loves the he abuse. Historically, Good to know. He historically tells his players to be themselves and show their emotion and attitude. Yeah, that's what they told that's Dennis he, Rodman, too. Yeah. <laughs> he tells him. Aw, you guys are raining on Matt's parade. Yeah. Give oh, there's him a no m- rain. You, you can't rain after you win dude, the Super Bowl. Yeah. There's nothing that can but I just want to throw this out there. So the Chiefs, <laughs> the, Chief, the Kansas City Chiefs, didn't have a postseason win for 21 years. Oh, all the way up until 2015 that's or 2016. Season. That's a dry run. That's and the now, most of my, that's m- mostly my adult life. Like, so I, I know with, nobody, I know. nobody's having any So I know with the addition of Taylor yeah, Swift, right. <laughs> the Chiefs are everywhere and everyone's tired of, I get that, mm-hmm. I get it. But at the same time, like, you know, like we went a long time and what stinks is we weren't just terrible all the time. Mm-hmm. Like we would like almost get, get there close. and then boom, yeah. done. Almost get there, boom, done, one and out every time and. So it's just, it's crazy. It's glorious. It's, and it's also over, crazy. My kids think this is normal. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. over at Poplar Creek yesterday preaching and the, one of the congregants was decked out in bears regalia. Aww. And yeah, uh, I appreciate the loyalty. He was here. committed. Yeah. yeah. We, do we have two seconds to talk about the halftime show? Sure. I knew. What about it? Okay. I knew. You know, well, what, I was what like, am I going to say, JV? <laughs> I know. I just knew you want to talk about it. <laughs> What's to it say? Is, it is, I, I love the roller your, skates. I, I love the, the roller, roller skates. The roller skates were cool. That was cool. I'm so disturbed this morning. I just there beyond. Were, it, I will tell you what my kids noticed. Listen, what? it is the most degrading song on the planet, and it has given him the largest platform. I mean, he is famous and popular. From the exploitation of women. Yeah. It is, I couldn't believe it. I was sitting there. What is the did song? Did you not know I was, was going to go this direction? Well, he has one song. 
and that was it. That was the, the one he played in. It's catchy. He has, he it's catchy. You songs. can hate he, it and he does, still but the like one find yourself shrugging, right. like bopping along. Like it's so catchy. And well, the the polls with the ladies dancing on I them mean, was not you know that at was all mild compared to the lyrics. Well, I mean, if the, you listen, please exactly. don't. Do not. Okay, look at I the just lyrics. googled Usher's oh. misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> and it come, it's a huge. Oh yeah. And one person writes, "I just wish he'd use his powers for good." Instead of Bless. degrading women. I don't know anything about the guy. Okay, Somebody well, said I... Well, no, go ahead. <laughs> I won't say. It, it was just the, the irony of the amount of people who were watching this. The greatest show on earth, quote unquote, right? It is like, yes, getting a halftime... Perf- I actually can't tell you the last time there was a good halftime show that didn't degrade women, but... Um, I just couldn't get over the fact that we're watching this. Kids in the room, yeah. the all of the country is tuning in. Thanks to Taylor Swift, there's probably more people watching. And he plays, it's the highlight of the show. I mean, it was like the, the climax the of the- It was the one he actually played the whole song Yeah, off. everybody- What is the w- name of the song? Yeah. What? That's the name of the song. Yeah. Oh. I, I couldn't tell <laughs> it's you. It's played at every wedding, I know every Orange Theory class. I couldn't tell you one- Lyric from that song. I don't even. Well, know. I just know. Do, yeah. do no, yourself you a favor and do not look <laughs> it up. I'm looking well, it up right no, now. No, no, no. It's pornography. You should not look it up. It is. It is. I'm sorry. Like I, it got me so Club fired with up. With my homies. No, please okay, okay. don't. You really cannot not read wanna, these out loud. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I'm not pretty bad. It is exactly. Oh my. I'm telling. And this was sung in every living room across the nation and people not even either caring or turning an ear, like not listening to the lyrics or Mm. I'm not really sure, but it was like so defining to me. I'm like, and this is why our women and girls are exploited. Like we're singing about it at a halftime show. And anyway, it's, it's, the math is not hard to do. Is it just, it makes, yeah, it adds up. Yeah. 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 At the same time, it's like, Uh, what do we expect? Oh, I know. And that's the problem. It's like, oh, I know. I think it's important to go ahead and speak up about it. I I think I really appreciate your passion. Yeah. And I was clueless, like uh, other than the girls on polls, which I know is Mm -hmm. in him. So, yeah. 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 I mean, we do the same. We do. We turn it down and kind of check out during halftime shows. And we do the same thing during most of the commercials. I felt like the commercials were okay. Well, they can be, but so, but we do that just with every NFL game yeah, that's just at night. Because, like, I mean, yeah. we still got a six-year-old, and they'll be like, yeah. you know, uh, Poltergeist 6 or whatever. I don't yeah. know. I'm just throwing that out there. But, you know, just like, uh, don't it look at really this. It just really, you know? it shows. <laughs> show my age right there. It, like, it? demonstrates <laughs> our low tolerance for just lewd and crass lyrics and sexual tolerance of, of, of what we no, we have Except. a high tolerance. You you reversed it. We have a we're very accepting. Yes, exactly. Sorry, we're we're surprisingly at ease. Yeah. with misogyny. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, we talked a little bit about Carrie and I. Wa- were watched in um, the Super Bowl and commercials and everything. And Carrie, Carrie made an interesting comment. She goes, "Why is there so much violence in all the commercials? Like every commercial mm-hmm. had some kind of like, or a lot of the commercials had some element of like." Hitting, fall, like, crash, loud, this, like, it's just this mix. And then we started talking about just, is it, like, is this a reflection of our culture? Or is this, like, is it driving drive? our right. culture? Like, who, is who, art know, imitating Some of the reality? commercials were funny and, and, you know, uplifting. They weren't all, like, horrible. But it was I like, liked the He Gets Us commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's a great I was, I was surprised I know, I they were good. didn't stir up more. You know, yeah, I thought they were. Good. I like oh, the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Oh, that Come was on, funny. That, that was, was really funny. That one was hilarious. It's really hard to be your yeah. friend, man. Yeah, <laughs> that, was my, that was my favorite line. <laughs> He's like, "Easy, we got a drink named after us." Oh man, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> so funny. that was funny. So there was a, a commercial by Uber Eats that got edited, thankfully. Huh? Yeah. Is the, that one the one where the you friends? forget or whatever. Yeah, where you, you forget, forget your ten minutes, so or, or um, your ten years or whatever. Yeah, because we're in a you know because we have uh, anaphylactic allergies in my family, and so we're in a bunch of groups and, and all that kind of stuff. So that uh, word got out that that commercial was so the whole point of that commercial was that somebody forgets something. So like they had Ross, but Uber won't. They'll rem- Uber they'll won't forget, but yeah. but so people they just forget these things, right? Like things that they should remember. So they showed two of the cast members from Friends and they forgot it. They couldn't remember each other. Yeah. Somebody else forgets. Well, one of the scenes was supposed to be a guy who forgets that there's peanuts in mm. a, a treat or whatever. Uh. And he eats it and his face gets all big and it's comedic. Oh, interesting. Which is so 1996. <laughs> I mean, really, I can assure you, I was in the ER two weeks ago with my son. There's nothing comedic about an anaphylactic reaction. Mm. Yeah. And so, and, and, and because, you know, that's like the norm and has been the norm in movies, and it's always this funny thing. Some dude eats shellfish, his face, his lift pops up. It's Hitch. funny, people are mm-hmm. laughing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you could think movies, of all the yeah. movies, right? Be and sane. so we're, you know, as an allergy community, like we're trying to like, okay, this, and it doesn't help for bullying. It doesn't help for, you know, yeah. all those things. There were but some anti-bullying like, commercials. That was nice. Yeah. It's, I, I but, mean, they, but they edited that. Like the commercial came on and we were watching it like, oh, okay, let's see. Because they were pushing back. They were like, no, we're not going to edit it. This is, you guys are overreacting. And they edited it. It's like, wow, wow, great. They did the right thing. The whole, the whole experience is just very revealing of who we are and our brokenness and our culture. Yeah. But yeah, it's fun. And, you know, I would never miss watching a Super Bowl or a halftime show. So there's that. I do think it's a window into the American soul without a doubt. Yeah. I would, mm-hmm. I, but I would classify the the allergy thing as an education. Like I do oh, yeah. believe that yeah. education yeah. and information will reverse that. But like what you're talking about, yeah. like yeah, there's yeah, education's gonna help some, but yeah. you know, right, like, right, right, right. Gosh. What's the um? I already forgot his name. Bless his heart. His five minutes of fame. The 49ers quarterback. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. 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 Yeah. yeah. Brock, yeah. You know what? I feel like God game. spared him by not letting him win. Do you know what I mean? Like. The, at least in the headlines, he's like a faithful believer. Yeah. I, I saw a meme that said he lives with his roommate and drives a Sequoia. I was like, oh, I love this guy. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, maybe not winning was like a blessing for him in some weird way. Cause yeah, maybe. That so it's interesting. I ran into, um, at Chipotle the other day, I ran into uh, Gary, Gary and Barb um, Rossberg. Yeah. And so Gary's son was in a Bible study with Brock Purdy. Because mm. I was like, hey, who are you, who are you rooting for? Wow. You know? and yeah, like, they're from oh, Iowa. I got to go for 49ers. And I was like, oh, why, why is that? And he said, well, because, you know, my son yeah. was in a, a Bible study with Brock Purdy. And apparently he's a pretty solid dude. But, yeah. man, he played a good game. Yeah. for I mean, mm-hmm. for that young of a kid. And mm-hmm. he, he looked he looked pretty good. Last draft pick, right? Like, yeah. That's a cool story. Mr. Irrelevant. Last mm-hmm. dude to be picked. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ties right into your sermon yesterday, John. Be faithful with what you got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. First question. Imagine if, you, if one of the faithful servants had not given back all their profit. They could have said something like, you gave me two bags of gold and I give you back three instead of four. Uh, 
They could have made a profit personally and still receive praise. Would that have been okay, or would that show little trust in the master? It would show little trust in the master. <laughs> but that it's a great question, because this posture is all too common. It's, it dichotomizes what is God's and what's mine. Mm-hmm. And that's just not a reality. It's, it's, what brings God glory is good for us. We, we really need to work that into the fabric of our souls. There is no mine and his reality. It's yep. all his. Everything is his. If you've got something good going in your life, it's because of God's grace. That's true for both non-believers and believers. Every good gift in the world comes down from the Father above. So in him we live and move and have our being. It's all his. Now we can pretend some of it's mine. But it's just not the case. And unfortunately, we often pretend, well, I'm going to give God some of my money. That's just not. I'm going to give God some of my time. That's just not a reality. You know, there was a couple, a married couple who tried that. It didn't work out so well for them. Right. (laughs) It acts. Yeah. It's tried to save a little for themselves. Yeah. It's interesting because I think this is where, and I think we'll get into this. There's a question about it the use of like the setup of what this is the whole idea of like king lord master and servant slave mm-hmm. like right there's a question I, about slavery yeah yeah well i think we'll get in, get into that more but i think that's some of the reason why jesus sets it up the way he does i don't think they could have actually done the scenario like i think i mean they were slaves to the to this, I mean, the word is doulos. That's yeah. what they are. They couldn't have run. They couldn't have taken. Oh, I mean, pretended. I guess, I oh, guess, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't have pretended. It would have been discovered. It would have, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess they could have run. <laughs> but so, it was something about, I thought somebody asked a question, is it in, maybe you edited it, but it was like, couldn't they have bought their freedom? Yeah, I saw That's that somewhere. Um, which, which it made, happened. Yeah, it did happen actually. Right. And and I, what I wanted to say in response to that, in in some of these hypotheticals too, is like that's just a reminder of the use of parable. Mm. That parable is not a one for one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a it's like a proverb. It's a truism. He's, yeah, he's, it, mm-hmm. it's just an example. It's like when it's like it's like you're trying to explain a big hard concept. And so it's like when you teach your kids math and you say two plus two equals four and they're like, okay, say it again. They're like two plus two equals five. And you're like, well, no, okay, grab two jelly beans, grab these two more jelly beans, put the jelly beans together. How many jelly beans do you have? You have four. It's a great illustrative moment. Right. right. And so we can get caught up in, Mm -hmm. it's a point of passion for me, these kind of illustrations type stories that Christ uses, because I think sometimes we overdo it. Like everything has a little, you know, the fact that it was this meant this and this is this and this is all in al- like all these allegorical things. And we just need to, we don't, we can't overdo it or, and we shouldn't underdo it. Yeah. We need to understand it in its proper context and not stretch it, not stretch it, mm-hmm. but also not like, yes, not minimize there, it. there right. was an intention that Christ did use Kieros and Dulos, Lord, King, Master and Slave. That was what they would have understood in that day and age. And so, 
Anyway. Mm-hmm. It's a great reminder. Uh, it, these parables have their sweet spot. They have an aim. Mm-hmm. Jesus is telling them for a point. Faithfulness, you hit on it. My sermon was a little di- I took a di- little different tact talking about the master's heart, our creator's heart. Mm-hmm. But there's a sweet spot for these, and you can overplay them and stretch them, or you can underplay them and minimize the impact they're to have. So we need to stay in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be the first to say that I was distracted by the analogy of master and slave. Yeah, it is. It is it's yeah, tricky. You, I thought you did a good job. I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead because I no. think it comes up. Well, we should no. just go to that yeah, next go question. To number three. Okay. So, yeah. So, same along the lines with what um, Simone is bringing up. Uh, question three, I had a hard time listening because of the words master and slave. Why do you think Jesus didn't just say boss and employees? Mm-hmm. So, just so people know... Um, John and I and Matt and Grant, we talk throughout the morning, and, and we're working really hard to provide ministry, shepherd. And so my daughter was in first service at Glen Ellen, and I'm over at Bartlett, and I'm in a text string with my wife, and, and Rachel goes, hey, where are you? To my wife, and I'm at Bartlett, and I see it come in, and Sherry was homesick, and Sherry goes, are you at? Glen Ellen, and I'm watching this back and forth in real time. I said, Hey, how'd JV do? She goes, I got completely distracted mm-hmm. by the master, mm-hmm. the word master and slave. Mm-hmm. It's really off putting to my generation. Mm-hmm. I thought, Oh, I should let JV know that. So I, I pinged him really quickly. Mm-hmm. He was between services, and you gave a great um, effort in second service to try and help people get over that hump. Yeah, yeah. It's, tr- it's difficult, you know. For sure. I mean, it's, it is what it is. We can't, mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, the words are the words. And I'm, I, I want to be very careful in where it makes sense to interpret rightly, like mm-hmm. in a helpful way. And where, you know, we need to honor the most, uh, the most ancient and original version of the text that we we have. I mean, that's what we have to do. So it's like, where do you start and stop? Where do you take things out? So I think it's appropriate to try to help explain it. Yeah, contextualize it. Contextualize it. And then bridge to our context and talk about why we're off put by it. Right. So I'll just give, I wrote some notes here. We are rightly sensitive to these words given our American history. Yes. But let's be very clear on some things. Number one, scripture condemns the stealing of humans. Clearly, flatly, Exodus 21, 1 Timothy 1. So both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, what went on in America's history, stealing humans from another continent, bringing them here and selling them, is flatly condemned in Scripture. Nowhere is Scripture patient with that. For this reason, slavery among God's people was most often, not always, but in the ancient world, it was often the result of warfare, prisoners being taken in war, uh, financial indebtedness. And my guess is that's what Christ had in mind here, that the master-slave reality and then being entrusted with master's wealth is an indebtedness posture, most likely. And then thirdly, there were criminal uh, slaves, uh, people who had committed crimes and as a result were uh, remanded, were, they were taken bodily as a result. In all three of those, uh, prisoners of war, financial indebtedness, and criminal convictions exist today. Mm-hmm. 
in some form or version. Jesus uses these words because they were ancient realities. And to John's point, we shouldn't sidestep that. We can't bend or twist God's word. That doesn't serve us well just because culturally it rubs us the wrong way. We need to understand it in its context. Uh, in fact, and I, I, this was brought up, slaves that handled their responsibilities well entered into their master's happiness. And I thought you did a really good job talking about we are, in fact, doulos. We are servants slash slaves of our creator. Mm-hmm. It, there is no mine and his dichotomy. It's all his. I'm all his. I am owned by him whether I recognize that or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the difficulty, and I and I maybe could have hammered the hammered it, uh, explained it a little bit better. <laughs> um, Is everything a nail for you, John? It, yeah, <laughs> sometimes uh, that we need to make sure that we're not comparing Christ to a to a American modern understanding of a slave master. Yes. That I think it's was, hard not yeah. to do that, though, right. given the context of what we right. know. Right. And what we've experienced exactly. in And what our we're history. still fighting against. Mm-hmm. I just wish the text would have said, first, if you have a slave, let him go. And then go into the, <laughs> yeah. and then go into right. the um, example of the gold. Right. Well, it, that's just, well, let's, and let's not miss Western history. It mm-hmm. was Christians that mm-hmm. fought uh, for the reversing of slave law in, in our Western hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Based on scripture is my mm-hmm. point. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... it's um, it's called, there's a lot of cultural stuff there, and at the same time, we need to recognize, I think, that there's, there is some intentionality of, I, I don't think it, the, I don't think the parable works the same if we say employee, boss, simply boss, and, employee. boss and employee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it works the same way. Could it get its general point across? Sure. Employees can leave and find other employment. These folks can't. They don't deserve anything that the master is giving them. And yet he chooses to give to them everything. It's so hard to wrap your mind around that, though, when they're not there by choice. Let's do this. Do you see what I'm saying? John, would it work if it were creator-creature? The creator came to his creatures and entrusted them with five bags, two bags, Mm -hmm. one bag. Mm -hmm. That's what you're trying to get at, I think. Right. They had no, and we have no. We will either submit to him or or be condemned by him. That yeah. is the reality. And he's lavished his grace and care on us. Mm-hmm. But it, we also some... Sorry, John. No, I was just saying, I think there's some breakdown totally. even of our understanding mm-hmm. of the situation. Mm-hmm. I trust Christ and his brilliance more than I trust my... like in Our pa- ability parabolic. to understand it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, to say something like, well, he would have used something different. Had he known, we would have been so horrible with him. You got to be careful. You got to be right. really yes. careful with that. Okay. So, and we can't change the word of God exactly. because of how we feel or what right. our culture that, right. I mean, we've got to teach, especially our young kids, like we've got to teach them that, that there were other people who lived at different times and experienced different things. It's not just about. Right our society, our culture, how we view things, right. what's happened to us. Right. I mean, For the word of God to stand, to your point, it has to stand not only in DuPage County, but it has to make sense right. on other continents. And what's other- difficult as, as you're preaching it, it's like, well, not everybody has this holistic, 
strong understanding of the scriptures, mm-hmm. right? Because immediately when you started talking about it, I, I, I confess, I was thinking, oh man, he's spending too much time on this. And then oh, I see this question in me and I go, oh, he didn't spend enough time on it. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. I remember when I, uh, I had something similar, because we I was talking about the year of Jubilee yeah. um, in a sermon up at um, Poplar. And I spent just as much time as you did unpacking biblical well, slave, slavery in ancient Israel. Right. And what that looked like and why there were different reasons. And yes, mm-hmm. some people were prisoners of war, but some people actually did enter into it as a choice. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this is an option for me to work and to get this gone and then I'm going to move on, right? Mm-hmm. Or every seven years, they were going to be released regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the beauty so, of Israelite law. They right. provided for the freedom. And it wasn't just slaves. Israel slaves. Like, it wasn't just people who are, you know, it was, it was the foreigners as well. Mm-hmm. And so when you have that, uh, that, mindset and that mind frame, it's easier to hear those words and go, mm-hmm. this is different, you know, but you know, not everybody's in the same place, especially with somebody who's just walking through into the doors for the first time. And it just, well, it's, and it's the realization that for some, it's very, very hard and difficult. And for others, it, it isn't like they, they, it's, it doesn't hit the same way. That's true right. with so yeah. many things we see in scripture. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. And so we need to recognize it at one level. And then we need I mean, you could do you could use the whole parable to talk about the heart of God in slavery, modern slavery, right? Like you yeah. could you do a whole series on mm-hmm. on just that. I mean, there's whole books, yeah. a great book, Reading While Black by Esau McCulley, goes through why God condemns slavery and not just because of the cultural reason, like not just because of our misunderstanding of the ancient Near I mean, mm-hmm. it's yeah. a, he, there's other, even in the Old Testament and throughout, you know, God's true heart for, for people mm-hmm. um, is clear throughout scriptures. So. And it's also like, I mean, the effects of sin on all humans mm-hmm. is unbelievable. And we are very good at exposing Humans, not just Americans, humans are very good at exploiting the weak. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when, when I traveled to Bahrain, which is actually like a, a pretty, like for a Middle East country, it, it's, it's pretty like liberal minded and there's more, you know, there's not as many religious restrictions and all of that. But I remember we, we stayed in this hotel and all the workers were from a specific country in Asia. I can't remember which one. But, I mean, they, they stuck out because they were all Asian, but they were all working jobs that were not desirable jobs. Mm-hmm. And um, all the folks who were, you know, more indigenous to Bahrain and to that area were working the other jobs. You know? And it was just like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. this happens here, too. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and to hear how some of, um, so, some of our guides and stuff and, and people who were showing us around were explaining how those relationships worked culturally. It was very much just like it is here, mm. where there's a certain people group that's exploited. And, and you're like, wow, this is, mm-hmm. humans are very good at doing this. Yeah. It really just reiterated the whole point of the parable for me, being stuck, not stuck, but like... Um, really wanting to understand the slave master relationship, the point of the whole parable to be faithful in the waiting and, and use your talents, use your gifts for kingdom purposes, just reemphasized, okay, well, I feel like God's given me a heart for people who are marginalized and exploited. And even if I'm sensitive to seeing this in this text, it 
made the point of the parable all the more mm-hmm. imp- imperative to me and important to me. Well, That's just cool. be faithful. Keep doing what God's given you to do. One step in front of the in front of the other, um, and having eyes and a heart that cares for things that are in, are unjust mm-hmm. are unjust. And so, um, it's easy for me to get so picky of the scripture and be like, I, it's hard for me to like really yeah. want to love this parable. Cause I don't like the analogy he's using. It's, right. it's troublesome to me. Um, well, the but, one above it is just as troubling. Yeah. Culturally. No, <laughs> yeah. truly. I it's, know. Yeah. There's, there is a, and so is the sheep and the goats. The whole, yeah. the whole chapter is tricky. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, we, yeah, there is, there are so many cultural yeah. things that, we need to trust the wisdom and brilliance of Christ and yeah. his ability to navigate and speak to that audience mm-hmm. and yet yet still have meaning for us today yeah. and know that his, his, his brilliance goes beyond just cultural restricti- yeah. restrictions and do the work that we need to do, you know, to make it, mm-hmm. make it through. But um, the work that you all have to do on Sundays, I just, it continues to kind of astonish me and also like have a lot of empathy for you and the weight that you carry because we have a lot of young people who are exploring the scriptures for themselves and they're in church and they're in private school and blah, 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 blah. And they come across a, a passage like this and it's an, it in their little undeveloped minds could so easily be like, this isn't what, this is not the religion for me. I right. can't, I can't get behind this. So the way you unpack it and help interpret it and give insight to it. It's just, yeah. And also it's good to emphasize like, man, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. The slave is praised. You've been faithful a few things. I'll put you in charge of many. He's giving him responsibility and more things and then says, I want you to come in and share in my happiness. Like that is a, that's quite different from Mm -hmm. our understanding of, a, a master-slave relationship in yeah. our context, right? Right, like that's not what that's we think point. of when we think of a master talking to a slave, right? In our history, yep. My my biggest regret from Sunday was not doing an appropriate job of it in the nine o'clock service. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're if you did li- if you were here at nine o'clock, go listen to the first. I don't know. It's five in, ten minutes. Ten of, minutes, <laughs> fourteen seconds of the <laughs> of the second. Second service. Because I texted Rachel, I said, hey, he does a great job second service. It's at 1014. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to Rachel. All right, let's go to the next one. This is a good one, too. Um, I liked how you talked about being given, about being given according to your ability, but I wish you would have teased that out more. Does this mean everyone has to be faithful in their own way? What about those with disabilities? This was the the thing that was looming large on my mind over the last like three weeks of prep. Just like touching on it was like, what about those who we may say, um, you know, for their, you know, special needs or they, you know, um, they don't have the same um, privileges that we've had. Mm-hmm. They have no income no home, no, what's required of them or what do we, what's the word for, mm-hmm. for them? And I, I felt like I just couldn't do the, I did really well with it. Appropriate over work it. on it. <laughs> <laughs> if I say so myself. Yeah. Uh, I spent a lot of time on the, uh, yeah. On the, and I described God as sensitive. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he's generous, gives something to everyone, and didn't have to. You did a good job pointing how lavish this gift is to five, two, and one. It's, uh, but then I talked a lot about his sensitivity, not burdening the hole digger with more than one bag of gold. I mean, how terrified would the hole digger have been if he had given five bags of gold? <laughs> so I do think there's a sensitivity on God's part which should free us even as I talk about it. So one of the reasons I didn't want to be a pastor when I was uh, 24, and t- 23, 24 years old, was I had in my mind what a pastor should look like and the mm-hmm. expectations. Matt, I know you've struggled with that as well early yep. on. Um, but the Lord frees us. I'm, I'm to be the minister, the shepherd that God's empowered and called me to be. Um, so faithfulness has a unique element uh, in each, uh, a unique, we live it out uniquely based on what we've been entrusted with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my experience with this, and I could just speak to my experience, everywhere God has called me, it's been to a place I wasn't ready to go. But that doesn't mean that I didn't have the ability. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. didn't know what my ability was. So the Lord knows our abilities. And, know, and so you may feel, and I think that's where the stepping out can be beautiful and, you know, stepping out in faith and all that. But like, if, if, if it would, if this would mean like, okay, God's going to call you to a place that you're ready to go and you feel totally equipped and, and all of that, I probably wouldn't have started working for a church in the first place. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't have come and started working here. Like there was, a, I'd never held the title of pastor. Or there was a, I remember talking to you guys, like, I'm going to be learning on the job a little bit here. Yeah. You, you know, just like. Aren't we all, right? But, but God sees the whole story and sees what your ability is. And it's, it's great. And you know what? It's, it's humbling because I have no problem at all uh, not receiving the same load that like Billy Graham received. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. Or Sister Mama Maggie. How crushing or, is that? Y- it, right. If I have to be Mother Teresa, it, right, that's crushing right. expectation. Mm-hmm. I be, love her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, number four. I feel like the call to daily faithfulness being, or in other words, being ordinary, may mean we miss doing risky, seriously risky things for God, like giving sacrificially. Where's the appropriate place of what might look Fool. Where is the appropriate place of what might look foolish to those outside the faith? Yeah, it was interesting. Somebody came up to me after first service and said, "Some uh, sometimes I think our struggle is we think of our faithfulness over this like super long period of time versus like being faithful that moment in that opportunity. Like, oh, the master's gone for two thousand years. You know." Like there's, we just, we don't think with urgency. They didn't say it that way, but that was the idea of like, oh, we can sort of, oh, over 20 years, I'm going to give a lot away. I'm good. (laughs) Versus what's the opportunity today in front of me today? How do I maximize every opportunity God gave me in this moment today? And, um, the one mindset of, of um, you know, not thinking with urgency on a daily or regular basis is we may miss out on a big call that God has for us. Like, I want you to take that risk right now, today. 
give, give it, give the money in your wallet or give whatever it is or go wherever it, I'm calling you or have that conversation with that person at the coffee shop or whatever it might be. Um, so we, I, I, it's been helpful for me to think of, you know, of a daily, yes, a, a kind of a long-term, who do I want to be? You know, Kelly, you've talked about like, I'm working today to be the man I want to be when I'm 55, you know? Well, you're over 55, but for me, but for me, (laughs) how'd that work out for you? But for me, you know, I, and so there is definitely like a a longer term faithfulness that we should be aiming for, but then we need to look for the opportunities right in front of us all the time. I think that's the mindset shift. That was in the, uh, you know, in the mindset of these servants that are just this lavish thing that's upon them. It's like, oh, I'm going from that position to this position now, and I need, mm. I need a total transformation in how I operate. So I don't know if that's helpful. but It's helpful, and I love the call to a daily, not just an annual or a lifetime of faith, but really, you know, what am I doing? To, what's the, I like to ask myself, what's the Spirit doing today? How can I be a part of what the Spirit's doing today? And, and there's a lot of courageous, risk-taking opportunities in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. And for me, they're often just verbal, just trying to encourage people or share Christ. Lots of, as well as just um, putting to death the flesh. Mm-hmm. Just a, a real, you can show a lot of courage that very few people ever see just doing the Colossians 3 thing. Therefore, put to death whatever belongs to the earthly nature. Hey, church family, we're so excited to host a vacation Bible school for our community this summer, and we're aiming at intentionally including the Care Center kids in the process. Vacation Bible School will meet June 24 through June 27. It's going to be in the evening from 530 to 8 p.m., and we will be open to kids who have completed kindergarten through fifth grade. We also have a preschool vacation Bible school and childcare available for children of volunteers. And we need you to make this happen. We have volunteer roles for those who love to share the gospel with kids and those who prefer to do the prep work, the behind the scenes stuff. You can serve all four days of the vacation Bible school, or you can pick a day or two to serve. We We even have work to do for those who might be out of town during the week. We have pre-work and we have post-work. So we need volunteers. Please consider serving as a small group leader, a worship team leader, a welcome team, decorations, teaching, games, crafts, dinner, just about anything you can imagine we need help with. If you could plan to attend our volunteer meeting on March 10th here at the Glen Ellen campus right after second service. Thank you. All right, let's go to the last one. Does the outer darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth, portray missed opportunities for a deeper relationship with the Lord? Or, and I ask this simply to question the alternative, does this portray a removal from his presence? Thank you for the help. Such a a simple question. (laughs) Yes. You you dealt with the the salvation issue on Sunday. I think it's a both. I think there are, are, so two questions are asked. Is this a missed opportunity? Absolutely. Is this a portrayal of someone being removed from God's presence? It apparently is. I mean, just on face value. So someone came up to me after um, service up at Poplar Creek and and wanted to dig a little deeper on this. And um, I 
felt like I, in hindsight, gave a really muddled answer. So let me see if I can do better. Careful, and we've already said this, um, stretching a parable too far, but be careful minimizing the obvious truths in a parable. So we need to we need to make this for the take it for the most it offers. Uh, the one talent servant performs very well, uh, very poorly. He doesn't fare very well, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but at the same time, and he suffers as a result. He's put outside. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth. He goes into darkness. He's not getting to share in his master's happiness. So he's clearly removed from the presence of the Lord. At the same time, he. He, we know theologically from the balance of the New Testament, we're saved by grace apart from anything we do. So what can we say is going on here? As best I can say it, the servant who was cast out demonstrated that he hadn't experienced the master's grace and goodness mm-hmm. by the way he handled the responsibility he had been given. Mm-hmm. He actually says, he verbalizes who he thinks the master is and he's wrong and the master tells him he's wrong, he says, you're a hard man, and I am afraid of you. When all evidence is to the contrary, he's a gracious, sensitive, kind Lord, Kyrios, right? He's, a, he's gracious and sensitive and kind. And so I think flatly we can say that this final one-bag servant didn't know the master. He didn't know him. Yeah, the relationship and, was broken. Yeah. Yeah. It just, and so I do think he suffered consequences. Um, I don't know if the parable means to illustrate eternal consequences, but it did not go well for this guy because he actually didn't know his master and didn't trust him. So the call today is, and this is what I pressed on in my sermon was, settle today whether or not you believe God's good because it, it, it impacts it impacts how we relate to our father. Mm-hmm. It impacts whether or not we're at ease with our master. Mm-hmm. I haven't done a deep dive on this, but I mean, there's that shows up. Weeping and gnashing of teeth show up five times in the New Testament, yeah. and all and of them, hell related. not talking about this parable, but <laughs> right. all of them have to do with being cast out from the presence of God eternally. Yep. So, yep. you know, but again, that's not what the parable is. It's not the point. Primary point. R- the right. primary point. Right. right. Yeah. That, again, that can get, that gets you into the, how you handle some of these things Get, can, it just gets, can get tricky <laughs> with our, like, we want to make every point of the parable re- mean something yeah. else, mm. allegory for something else. You know, I think it's it, clearly the, so was it salvation that was given to them? And they were supposed to multiply, wait, mm-hmm. we can't multiply ourselves. Right, what are right, we talking right. about here? So we can't go that route. Mm-hmm. So, so then does God give... Um, does God give blessings and gifts and talents, talenton, to those he doesn't have a relationship with? Well, I, yes. Yeah, I think. And he expects them to multiply. Well, I don't know. You know, how that all... Well, we I, need to be yeah. careful using parables to make massive doctrinal... Yeah, this is not Pauline literature. ...statements right. about how the kingdom, um, you know, always fully works. Christ's teaching about faithfulness, yeah. the servants and the master. Yeah. So here's a quick question before we leave. Um, if God gives us each according to our abilities, 
should we pray and ask for more? Uh, should we desire to do more opportunity, like for more our, opportunity for our capacity to grow greater? For sure. I don't, I don't see there's anything. That makes me think of the prayer of Jabez. <laughs> I just was going to say, I think there's that. The, yeah. Well, I don't give me. Uh, <laughs> um, for better or worse. Now, granted, I think that could be done out of, you know. It can run away with us. It becomes yeah, fleshly. It, it could be fleshly, <laughs> right? Can lead to burnout. I typically yeah. pray, Lord, I want to bear all the fruit you've ordained yeah. for mm-hmm. me to bear. Give yeah. me all the opportunities. I mean, Jesus. Put it all in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Help I'm, me see it. Yeah. I, you know, that's good. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, um, which of the disciples um, asked to sit at Jesus's left and right? I'm drawing a blank. Um, James, James and, John. and John. Yeah. And it's interesting. Jesus doesn't condemn their um, ambition. Yeah. He says, can't, he asks a hard question. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? Yeah. We can, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, yes, yes. serve it up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't say, you know, gosh, you guys are selfish. He does say, you know, those are my father's assigned those seats, and yeah. uh, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? It's not for me to say, um, but I, I think there's an appropriate ambition in fruit bearing and an inappropriate ambition in fruit bearing. Um, and it, it comes down to, am I, in, am I working for the glory of God or for the, the enlivening of my own flesh and ego? And, you know, and, that, and I, I, I've had good seasons in that and bad seasons in that. Mm-hmm. All right. Number 300 in the bag. Good job. <laughs> That's all the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text next level podcast 6304746164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday sermon, and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that Scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him, and our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith but my faith and our faith together. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the next level. Boom! Prophecy.